Welcome to Cross Platforms. We thank all of you for joining us this evening. Sorry we're a little late. We're one night late tonight. We had some things come up. We couldn't be on our regular schedule. Couldn't record at the usual time. But we appreciate you for tuning in and listening. This is your weekly destination for discussions in Bible study. And we are so glad that each and every one of our listeners has chose to join us each and every week. Our discussions have been all about Matthew, and we seem to we're going to stay in that book this evening. And uh, I welcome in my host and co-host. Welcome in Jake and David. How are you, gentlemen, this evening? Awesome, doing great. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. So, how was y'all's week this week? How was yours, Jake? What did, did you have any eventful things happen this week? Jujitsu. I uh. I was blessed this week. I, I was truly blessed. Um, an individual that I've been talking to at work, I've been talking to him for more than a year, but we've really been discussing uh, the scripture. He's had a lot of questions for me, and, and I've also been asking him to, to come to church with me. I've been asking him over and over, you know, come to church with me, come to church with me. And it's usually, well, yeah, I'll come with you, I'll come with you, I promise. And, you know, it's usually the same thing. Well, this Wednesday... Uh, he just came up to me and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to go to church with you. And so I said, okay, well, you know, it's the middle of the week. I said, I have Bible study or prayer meetings on Wednesdays and then regular service on Sunday. So, well, I'll come to your prayer meeting. And he did. He showed up um, <clears throat> at prayer meeting and uh, a pastor had a good, a good message, good, good, uh, good service, speaking of, of prayer and the power of prayer and um, what we as churches should be doing. And at the end of it, we all sat around, uh, myself and a couple other members of my church sat around uh, with this individual and discussed the scripture. And we asked him if, if he knew Christ, if he had a relationship, if he was saved. Uh, of course, <clears throat> he gave the answer, well, you know, if I die today, I would probably, probably get in because I'm a good person and I do good things. And so we went over some scripture and everything. And uh, by the end of it, uh, he made a profession of faith. Wow. So definitely blessed this week. Wow. Um, I, 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 I've been praying for him. I pray that the spirit, uh, really did move on him and, and, and it was a true conversion and what's, I've been what's asking his name? To, uh, Herman or okay. German. It's spelled German. I know okay, his, yeah. his name is Herman, but everyone calls him German. I've because, heard you mention his name before. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. Really a blessing um, to have him come with me and, and then to see that um, him make that profession of faith. And uh, I've just been praying that, that, that uh, his heart was truly changed. And, and yeah, I just pray for him. Uh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful, wonderful week. I mean, it truly was a blessing. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah. you know, I, I would never say that, you know, uh, I guess some people might say, you know, I so, so saved so-and-so. <laughs> I didn't save anybody. Uh, I was yeah. blessed. The Spirit really blessed me uh, in it, in being able to be there and, and have that discussion with him, and then see him come forward. Um, that so. is that is awesome. I definitely say you had a a great week. That's a that's definitely an eventful week. That is that is awesome. That, that is, is awesome. awesome. Well, how about you, David? Did you have anything? I mean, I'm not sure you can top that, but. Uh, what happened yeah. in your week this yeah, week? Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty much just a regular work week. Uh, 
just getting to know the workplace and whatnot, just, uh, you know, hoping that I can have opportunity to kind of have, I've had like some small opportunities to kind of just insert my faith, but nothing big, more just kind of mentioning, you know, God's done this in my life that, you know, I almost feel when I say some of those things, they're just really brief, you know, they're not, you know, I don't think they're a waste, but, you know, I just hope the Lord can use just little things like that when I'm talking to somebody, you know, because, uh, you know, as of now, I'm not the, to a point where I'm really able to have a deep conversation with people, kind of like Jake does at his work. But, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get there and the Lord will be able to use me in that in that environment, you know. But uh, now there's the pretty uneventful week other than just, uh, you know, yeah. just working. Uh, hey, another week, another week, and you got to... You got to witness a little bit. That's always a, it's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. I mean, we yeah. wish every day that it would happen like what happened to Jake. That's that's great, man. That is, yeah. That, that is, is that is why we do this. That is why. That is yep. that is the greatest miracle anybody can witness and to awesome. be used by the Lord. I mean, you know, we're all used in different ways, but to mm-hmm. actually be used in the process of, of winning a soul. I mean, mm. that's a, yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. That is that is huge, that is huge. We definitely need to add the guy. He'll he'll be on our prayer list. Uh, you said Herman, but spelled German. But called yeah, German. spelled German. <clears throat> well, I mean, Everyone calls him German because I mean that's <laughs> so we're in America. That's how your name's spelled. That's what we're calling you. But uh, yeah. it, it it said Herman. He's actually from Colombia. Uh, his my, name is is Herman. So well, that's my grandfather's name, Herman. Herman. Uh, well, yeah. everyone, yeah. let's let's add let's add Herman to our prayer list. And uh, also, in other news, my my week wasn't very eventful, but I I did get some um, some feedback from a friend who may or may not be listening to the podcast. I'm I'm he never confirmed nor denied, sort of. But uh, he sent some uh, some YouTube a link to some YouTube videos which I shared to you, shared with you guys, and we uh, we made references in the podcast last week and several weeks before that if anybody had um any questions or um some discussion material or suggestions that uh that they that they submitted and then lo and behold he sends me so uh we didn't get a chance for all of us to review the material but uh we'll definitely take into consideration and try to cover some of the material that was sent to me maybe in the future but um but uh not this week uh this week what are we going to be covering there jake um, we'll be going into Matthew 15, and we were in Matthew 14 last week. And I was kind of uh, juggling what exactly I wanted to go over. I knew I couldn't go over everything that 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 uh, I felt spoke to me. Uh, so I'll, I'll just be going over uh, the first part of it. Um, so we'll be going uh, chapter 15, 1 through 20. So. One through twenty, and uh, what what is the uh, what is the over overall overview overview of one through twenty? Things that defile. Things that yeah. defile. Wow, that ought to be a great discussion. There's a lot of things that defile. <laughs> well, I'm not going to cover all of the different <laughs> things that defile, but um. <laughs> the ones Jesus mentioned. Yeah. Somebody uh, want to open us up? I'll open us up tonight. Heavenly Father, 
Dear our gracious, amazing God, and we see your wonderful works in our life every day. We see your wonderful works, even the, the skies and the stars in the heavens speak of your, of your glory. And Lord, we just pray that we would find a way in our lives to glorify your name. We, we pray that this study would glorify you. We pray that the Spirit would move upon us, that, that it would not be my words that are spoken tonight, Lord, but it would be you speaking through me. And Lord, I pray that you would move on our hearts and, and soften our hearts to your word and give us wisdom to what it is that you would have us to hear tonight, uh, that this, this study would, would truly be a blessing in our lives and, and bring us closer to you and, <clears throat> and just show us your plan, Lord, and just guide us. And Lord, I, I would also want to pray for, for my dear friend Herman tonight, uh, came forward on Wednesday, I, I pray that you would just be with him, allow the spirit to continue on with him, and and that if he if he has any questions, that he would he would seek out the those that would give him the good message. That he would seek out your people, and there's so many false messages today that he would he would come to to find a, a Christian to walk with and, and, and guide him. And Lord, I I pray for uh, our friend Danny. Uh, I pray that. He, he would come to, to, to faith as well, that he would come to see you. I, I don't know his heart, Lord, but you, know, you know his heart. And, Lord, I, I just pray for him tonight. And, and Lord, I, I thank you again for this opportunity. I thank you for this Bible study. And please, Lord, let, let the Spirit just move through us and, and, and speak to us as we go through this tonight. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> All right, uh, Matthew 15. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that causeth father and mother, let him die the death. Curse, sorry, curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God a non-effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, <clears throat> not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do ye yet understand 
that whosoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Lord, I pray that you would bless this study. I've had a discussion on on this chapter uh, before um, in regards to a Christian's diet. Uh, I've heard this passage uh, used to justify uh, a Christian partaking in the consumption of whatever they want. Uh, although, Although true, we as Christians are not under many of the dietary laws uh, that we see within the Old Testament. This argument, as I've heard it, is more to the discussion people use in the form of alcohol and public drunkenness. Hmm. Uh, So I just want to discuss on that just a little bit. Uh, Alcohol, as I've shared with you guys, was a big big sin in my life uh, before coming forward. We go Habakkuk 2 15 and I'll, I'll go back actually let me go back to 10 um, try and grab some of the context here. Thou hast consulted sorry was someone going to say something? No. Oh sorry. Uh, thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people, and hast sinned against thy soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall, and the beam out of the, the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood, and establish it a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in, <clears throat> in the very fire? And the people shall worry themselves for for very vanity. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. Thou art filled with shame for glory. Drink thou also, and let thy foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee, and shameful spieling shall be on that on thy glory. For the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee, and the spoil of beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land, of the city, and of all that dwell therein. Hmm. Now this passage, I, I mean, you could use it for alcohol. It's kind of um, what I'm doing. It's it's giving an example. Um, of something that we see with uh, the consumption of alcohol. Um, and again, I'm not speaking out con- completely against um, alcohol, people drinking alcohol. I honestly, I think it was Billy Graham who made the statement that um, alcohol has its place um, and it's in hell. Uh, but 
<laughs> I'm sure that there are some some true Christians who might have a, a glass of wine or, or a drink with with a spouse or something in celebration. Um, the thing that I, that where I've heard this argument made is being in drinking houses, um, the, the the public drinking of alcohol, the overconsumption, and public drinking. Um, in Habakkuk two fifteen, it speaks of the use of a drink to look upon your neighbor's nakedness. As one who spent many years in drinking, in drinking houses, speaking of myself, I feel this is not, this not only refers to the the literal nakedness, uh, as we've seen. um, Naked inhibitions. Hmm? Naked inhibitions. Yeah, naked inhibitions. I mean, we we do see, you know, the overconsumption of alcohol can lead to literal nakedness. And we see that in scripture, and I think we see that in our daily lives. You know, alcohol, there's no shortage of alcohol uh, Mm -hmm. in our country today. Uh, so, so we definitely see that, uh, but the consumption of alcohol can also lead to a lack of control over your thoughts, speech, and emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, your inhibitions. Yes, which is a form of spiritual and uh, intellectual nakedness as well. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, and I know this uh, from my own drinking, you would actually meeting somebody new, you would actually want to see them get drunk because you feel like. Uh, you shared something and you know them better. Yeah, but, let me buy let me buy a round of drinks for yeah, so I so I can get to know you better. I, I wanna basically make you naked before me so I can see into maybe some of the things that you hide, some of the emotions or whatever it might be. Uh, which yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to touch on that and that's not really the point tonight, but um I just touched on it because I know that. No, I mean it's one person, of the ways you defile yourself. I mean it's one of the ways in our country where most people do defile themselves. But that's not necessarily what Christ is, and that's why I didn't want to go too far off on that because that's not necessarily what Christ is speaking of when he talks about uh, the things that you put into your mouth do not defile you, but the things that come out. As he's addressing the Pharisees, um, which is also why he references Isaiah. Right. Well, and I would say all. when you put that into your mouth, you can have a lot of things that come out of your mouth. That do. But I say in, in that example, the intention was there before you put it in your mouth. The intention and the, the motivation mm-hmm. was was already there. I mean, you, you're you're just well, kind of consummating the, that with the drink, but you, you know, yeah. well, you, you hear, want it to be in that situation. Well, I've yeah. often heard the alcohol referred to as liquid courage. They don't call it that for no reason. We spoke of of the nakedness, and a lot of people, and I I actually know that I used to do it myself, would drink um, to not have that control. Right. I didn't didn't want that control. I wanted almost like an scapegoat, a reason to not be in control. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the things I was, I was actually looking for that nakedness. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, that just showed where my heart where my heart was at, so, yeah, um, as I wrote in here, in Matthew 15, Christ isn't necessarily speaking about what is consumed in a diet, though, now, if we look at verse 3, three through 6, but he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition, for God commanded, saying, honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. 
But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Uh, we see Christ is speaking of the religious laws that were made to control others or to lead to some kind of self-preservation. And as the example that he gave, um, somebody giving to the church, the mother and father says, no, they give to the church. And they say, oh, no, it doesn't matter that he went against his, his mother and his father because, um, because he gave to the temple. Right. Um, doesn't say that <laughs> in the law. No, it doesn't. Uh, oftentimes within our churches, I believe, uh, we would refer to, to these things that we call tradition. And if one steps outside of these religious traditions, they might find themselves chastised for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I remember on one occasion, um, uh, when I was younger, this was, was before I was a Christian, but it, it still stuck with me. Um, and, and I went into a church I was listening to the message, and uh, everybody in the church was, you know, as people view, it was a Baptist church, as people view the Baptist church, they were all in their suits and ties and, 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 and dressed up real nice. And again, I'm not speaking out against that. I go to a Baptist church, and half my congregation shows up in suits and ties, and the other half yeah. um, doesn't. Um, but they were all in their suits and ties and everything. And I remember the preacher said, you know, if somebody were to walk through that door, in, in, in raggedy clothes and you know long hair we would know that that individual wasn't saved but we would reach out i would hope that we would reach out to him and see him saved <laughs> now wait a minute wow <laughs> how do you know by this person's appearance that he's not saved is it because of a tradition because that's exactly what it is it's the tradition and again i'm not speaking out against the baptist church i go to one um you know and and I like the idea of people dressing nice. Uh, one of the things that I've heard b- before um, by a missionary, and he was talking about the, the clothes that he wears. He was up there in a suit and tie, and he says, I don't wear this because I have to. I wear this simply because you honored me enough to allow me to stand up here and speak to you. So I wanted to make sure that I was dressed in my, my best appearance and my best clothing. Right. Because you gave me this opportunity. And in in church, I still believe that you shouldn't show up to church in pajamas. Uh, yeah. Which I know there's a lot of churches today where that's actually people are showing up in their pajamas. I mean, I think that you should show up like you want to be there. Right. Um, you know, if you dress nicer for a, a Friday night date than you do for church, then it kind of shows your priorities, I believe. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, listen to to what was said at this church about the person dressing. That was a church tradition. And without any idea of who that person might be, he was saying they would already assume he's not saved because he didn't dress the way that they dressed. Wasn't it Christ the one that, that said about the giving the, the place to the, the person with you know, lowly clothes and comparing it to giving the, the better seat to the rich man, um, that you shouldn't do that, that you shouldn't make a, you know, somebody yeah. that had, you know, now we don't know that person is, quote, saved or whatnot, but 
you know, he's there at the temple or he's there to worship. So I would think uh, that's an example right there of, mm -hmm. of what you're talking about. Yeah, and, you know, just because someone's a church doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that they're saved. Um, right. And just because somebody is brand new to your church and just walked through the doors and doesn't look like you doesn't necessarily mean that they're not saved. Right. Um, we don't know the heart of an individual. Now, we can, over time, if we get to know them, we can we can make a judgment call and say, well, you know, your life definitely... It's not like I don't see fruit. Yeah, it, there, there's no fruit there, uh, you know, and a, a fruit tree is not going to bear the thorns. A fig tree doesn't bear thorns, you know, as Christ would say. So, mm -hmm. um, we don't know someone's heart just by their appearance. So that's one thing that we see um, today within the. Then that's something that I know from my own experience. I don't know if you guys uh, have seen anything. Similar to that, where tradition, church tradition, actually trumps what the scripture says uh, within a certain church. Um, I haven't seen it, but my, my pastor has told me about, he just mentioned, you know, he didn't mention names, but he will mention a, a certain a case, you know, kind of like that, where usually an older congregant, you know, thinks this shouldn't happen because of this, and it's just based on a tradition, not on, you know, scripture. I know there is the, uh, one example, another example I can think of is, um, with, with speaking in tongues. Oh, um, I've, I've heard, I've heard the case that you're not saved if you haven't spoken tongues yet. And, right. A lot of churches, that has become kind of their tradition. It sets them apart from other churches that that is their tradition. It's something if you're not speaking in tongues and we don't accept you into our church because you're not saved yet. Um, right. I don't see that in Scripture anywhere. Well, there's a flip <laughs> side to that also. There are people who don't believe in speaking in tongues is a re legitimate thing also. I mean, that that in itself is a Scripture that we've covered that... Um, it's a real thing, but it has its uh, place in time. But but I think one is uh, one is placing salvation on, on it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. If I don't believe there's tongues, I'm not saying I'm not talking about anybody's salvation. Where the people that say, "Oh, you must have speak tongues to be saved," they're directly talking about somebody's salvation. Mm -hmm. Well, they can also say, "Oh, well, they're one of them crazy people from one of them crazy churches, and they they believe in speaking in tongues." I've heard that. I've heard it's that. It's still, it, yeah. It's still. I don't. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I might be guilty of thinking that. You know, um, on some occasions. Because um, I've, I've seen I, the way they speak tongues. I, I, I don't. I don't honestly believe that's no. legitimate. I mean, I would. I wouldn't state it in the way. In that way, that's one of them crazy people from crazy churches. Um, <laughs> well, I was just. I was just verbatim saying the way I've heard it. You know, that's. that's yeah. I've heard people say that, and but, I've heard the world but, um, say that, and that's kind of like saying, well, you know, the apostles, when the fire tongue came down in the book of Acts, I guess they were all those crazy people, right? I don't believe it's the same thing. It's not <laughs> the same thing. No, no, I mean, we've discussed it. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm saying that some people don't believe that it was a legitimate thing and that it didn't even happen or it can't happen. But yeah. I think I think I think it can well, happen. Whether it but did like, happen or it can happen is two different things. It definitely happened. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the question is, does it happen? I don't personally believe, at least with the, the, the way the, these certain churches do it, I don't be, I personally don't believe that's the truth. Well, the way that I believe that it would happen or can happen, or the way which is a God's choice, is like if you're trying to give the gospel to a Russian and you speak English and he can't understand the words, but God still wants to get the message to I, him and he wants to use you, you may be heard by him speaking mm-hmm. Russian when I, you're speaking I, English. I believe that can happen. Yes, that. that is the way I, that I, I believe it. I don't think that you're, and it's not saying that it can't happen, but I don't think that you're going to see tongues within an American church. No. Because I'm pretty sure everybody there speaks English. And one of the things that I've heard about, <clears throat> heard from these churches that say that they speak in tongues, well, I've, I asked the question, was there an interpreter there? And I can never get a straight answer. Yeah, yeah. I can never get a straight answer. What, or was, was like, there well, somebody there, like I was saying, the Russian, with my analogy, and you speak English, and God wants to hear it, you know, and you are heard in Russian. What you're saying is, there is there somebody there that God is using to benefit mm-hmm. from what they're saying? Or is there somebody here there to relay what is being said through said person that this is coming from God and this is God's law and this is what he's passing down? Whatever. What you're describing is based directly on how the scripture states it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these other people who are jiggling around the ground and, and, and going, <laughs> no, that, I, that's just, you know, we, like you said, Steve, we've talked about it before. I, I believe those people are just trying to draw attention to themselves and not, not God. Yeah, yeah we, we've discussed it in, in, in depth in our studies in the way that we all perceive it in the Bible to, per se, teaches it. Um, okay. And how, it, how it is real and how it is utilized. But um, how it's one of God's tools, which everything is. I, I, I'm of the belief that at one time we all spoke the same language. And God created the event that oh. made us all speak a different language. Yeah, wow. that's Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go too far off onto you know tongues. That's definitely a, a very long discussion. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Study in, <laughs> in itself. Um, you know, and I pointed it at, at, at I guess my denomination first as far as traditions go, um, but there are many different denominations churches that have these traditions that it, it really is it's it's a man-made tradition for religion uh, catholic church has it a mormon church uh, you could go on and on and on every church has it um, mm-hmm. these traditions and it's <laughs> these traditions can actually end up defiling our church more than than what you that you know what they say well that's unclean um well, I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt no, again, minute, but you're huh? talking about you're talking about traditions. I can't think of any other church that can they can trump the Catholic Church as far as traditions go. I mean, that's um, you've got. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever been to an Orthodox church? Mm, yes, yeah. I've been to a Greek Orthodox. I sure have. Where they where you had to stand for yes. four hours? Yes, my my sister the... got married in a Greek Orthodox, and yeah. we stood for the whole ceremony. And it was and, like and, four to five hours. Yeah, the priest... Well, Orthodox, it doesn't... Um, they're supposed... I guess they're supposed to all be the same. And that's one of the things they stand on, is you could go to any church in any part of the world, and the service is going to be exactly the same no matter where you go. Okay. Now, that's like the definition of tradition right there. Yeah. You have to do it exactly the same everywhere you go. Now, I believe that there, there, there was a breaking 
um, at one point. It's been a while since I studied that, so I'd have to look further into that. So I don't want to make a statement for sure without um, – I'm kind of just going off a memory that I studied a long time ago. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing, the whole entire service is, is about tradition. Again, the, I believe the Catholic Church is the same. But it's also the same with uh, – all the a lot of the other churches as well. I mean, you break yeah. tradition, and people are like, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know, what are yeah. you doing? That that's not our tradition." Um, yeah, when my pastor first came to the church, you know, it was before I went to the church, but he was just he's recounting this that, you know, some of the older, again, some of the older members, you know, his style was different from the guy that was there before him, who was an old, a old, old timer. You mm-hmm. know, he, you know, he's not a young man. But he's not an old man. I think he's in he's in his fifties, you know. So he was, you know, he was a great deal younger than the pastor was there. And all of a sudden, there's certain people who are like, "What is all this? This, you know, this new, these new things?" That, you know, and uh, they, they were worried that their traditions were going to be changed, and and they were, as far as it goes, you know. But to your point, the traditions are not what it's about. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, what's really the only thing that the church should be seeking to do, and that's the will of the Father. You know, and what is the will of the Father? The will of the Father is to see souls saved through his Son, Jesus Christ. So as a church, what is our part in that? It is to reach the lost uh, and continue to worship worship um, our Lord and Savior, Christ and, and the Father God. So as far as he's concerned, sorry to interrupt you, but to have a relationship, you know, you talk about all these things where you're just doing the same thing every time. That that, that to me that just speaks to a lack of a relationship and more of a just program. That that becomes the religion. It's just a you 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 just keep doing the same thing over and over again because you believe that this religion is what is going. It's a it's a system. It's not a relationship. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Um, so Christ then references the prophet Isaiah. And you see Christ does that a lot. Something that we should definitely take note of. <laughs> even our, even Christ went back to the Bible when speaking to people. Mm. So it's definitely something that we need to take note of. Be learned. Be studied. Be in our book. We should be going back to the Bible. We should be able to go back to Scripture and reference things. Um, yeah, um, I definitely need to improve in that aspect. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a growing Bible. thing. You're not, you can't expect to to read through the Bible one time and then know every verse and and step yeah. out there. But that's to show yourself approved. Um, exactly. That's why you stay in the Bible to show yourself approved. Um, I think that'll that that right there might actually play into this next part here, but. Uh, Christ then references the prophet Isaiah on what's on what such religious practices or what religion, as in the man-made kind, produces within the hearts of men. So if we go to Isaiah uh, 29. I'm going to read... Uh, Verses 9 through 16. Stay yourselves. Stay yourselves and wonder 
cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Sleep, the word sleep is referencing to um, a spiritual darkness. Uh, or the inability to understand God's word through our hardened hearts. Uh, God's word that has been given through the prophets is being given uh, through the prophets. We, so he's, he's referring to a people that have been put to sleep, basically. They, they, there is no spiritual connection. They cannot hear the words of God. Um, it's almost like they're hypnotized. And it's through their religious practices. Um, if we go uh, back to the beginning of, of chapter 29, woe to, to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. And speaking of Jerusalem, well, Jerusalem is the place where they did the burnt offerings. And is what he's referencing here is you're going to become nothing more than just that, the burnt offering, a burned up religion. Mm-hmm. There's nothing alive in you. You're just this dead religion because you've made this practice you've made this religious practice that you do over and over again because that's what you believe is going to buy your way into heaven again it goes just trying to you trying to get yourself into heaven because you're doing this religious thing over and over and over well if i keep doing this religious thing over and over and over again then i'm going to be good and that's not what it's about is it david in the psalms that talks about you know actual sacrifice the act of sacrificing compared to the heart of mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't necessarily sacrifice but has the heart i mean or just points to the the, the pointlessness or, or how god views somebody who just does the act of sacrifice and doesn't mean anything to him it's the heart that yeah. he's looking at it's just the the act of the, the burnt sacrifice i can't remember anything um can't exactly reference it, but basically God says it stinks. Yeah. Because it, 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 there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's not about the act. It's not about what you're doing. It's not some religion. Right. It's about where your heart is. The connection that you have with the Lord Christ, that you have with God. You, you can go through every religious checkbox you could ever possibly imagine you you know it's it's all vanity it's in vain it'll get you nothing mm-hmm. without that heart connection let me read on <clears throat> and the vision of all has become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed which men deliver to one that is learned saying read this i pray thee and he saith i cannot for it is sealed, and the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. The Bible is a sealed book. It really is, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible before coming to Christ. Reading the Bible before you allow the Spirit to change your heart. It, it's it's futile. It, do, it does absolutely nothing for you. And you might be able to get some little snippets of wisdom out of it. 
Now, the world's got all sorts of little wisdom things, little phrases and everything else that they pulled out of the Bible. You can get all sorts of wisdom out of the Bible. But it's a sealed book. You cannot understand it until you allow your heart to be filled by the Spirit, until you come to Christ. You, you submit your life over to Christ. That's when the Bible becomes unsealed, and you begin to understand His Word. Isn't that the, the meaning of, correct me if I'm wrong, of... Uh... Matthew eleven twenty five. at the time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid, the th hid the, these things from the wise and prudent, and has revealed them unto babes. Mm. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that kind of what that's referencing there? Yeah, I, the... The wise of the world. The wise of the world, and standing on your own wisdom. It's, I mean, well, that's can, a big religion today. Yeah, man's I mean, intellect. And well, the the religion of today that I think is pretty much what we just read about here, and within our own country, um, right. you know, it talks about being put to sleep. But we we're we are put to sleep. The people are put to sleep. It, it, the Bible has no understanding to people, and you have one who has learned. As it speaks of one who was learned or had knowledge or knew how new books, speaking of mostly about the Bible, teaching one who is unlearned, basically never had the heart, never filled with the spirit, and then he goes off and teaches somebody else, and then pretty soon you have a whole bunch of people who are who are teaching the wisdom of the Bible, but not the heart of the Bible. They're not teaching the word. Which yeah. is Christ. Right. Uh, I wrote, the, seal, the, the Bible is a sealed book to those who have not given their lives over to the Lord. To read the Bible without the changed heart is fruitless. Soon the learned will teach the unlearned, or one who does not know books, um, again, speaking of the Bible. And he then teaches it to another unlearned. You soon come to the point... Of as Christ puts it, the blind leading the blind, which will over time lead to destruction. You're falling a ditch. You're falling a ditch. The blind leading the blind. That's what we have is a lot of the blind leading the blind. And therein is a worldly quote that is not understood. Is understood, but it's not understood in the way you just described it. Some of that, what you're talking about, the world's <clears throat> wisdom, that's not really. Revealed. Well, it's from the Bible. It's exactly. Just, it's one, I think it's one of those quotes that, that, that people don't realize is from the Bible. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a bunch of those. Uh, I'm going to finish up. <clears throat> Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near me with their mouths, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. The blind leading the blind, speaking of taught by the precept of men, not by God. The book is sealed because their hearts aren't open. So they're being taught by men now. Mm -hmm. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, 
Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? Surely your turning of the things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? We have forgotten the founders. I don't mean the founders in Christ, but some of the founders of some of the great leaders within the church. Um, and you even you don't even have to go back that far. You speak of the Wesleys, uh, the Whitfields. Um, thinking of of, of Spurgeons, we think back to them, and so many churches saw what they did, and it it, it appears to me as they took the traditions of what they had and left out the word and just take the traditions now I have this religion I'll build a church my pastor was saying uh, in our prayer meeting that he gets a call probably every day from somebody saying hey this is the way that you have this there's a new great way that we can give you to build your church here's a new plan that's working for all these churches around the world and we'll give it to you and you can build your church just like this. It's not a marketing scheme. Since when has Christianity become a business? It's a business that's alive and well today, the business aspect of it, unfortunately. The teaching of men That's what we've gone with, the teaching of men. We've turned our hearts away from the Lord. We've hardened ourselves to his word. And we followed the teaching of men. And now we have all these dead religions. Burn offerings. No heart. There's a church that's mentioned in the book of Revelations. Um, <clears throat> Laodicea. Yeah, can you read that? It describes really well what you um, are describing. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, that's uh, Revelation chapter 3. Um, that w- <clears throat> Laodicea, Laodicea, the church of Laodicea starts at verse 14. Of course, it goes over uh, all the churches, but and this was the last. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. 
I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white remnant, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesol, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in this throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. <clears throat> and really, that's that's kind of you're right. That's um, our churches today, American churches today. We're we're, we're spoiled. We're in need of nothing. Um, our our whole country is this this spoiled. Do you know where the church is thriving? Where? China. Wow. <laughs> India. Greatest persecution. The places where you can be killed for your profession of faith. And these people are, are on fire for the Lord. Where's our fire? Religious checkbox. That's what we've got. We've become spoiled. We go through these acts because we don't really need you, God. Look at all the stuff that we have. But we will go through these acts to make sure that we get through that door. Mm -mm. It'll never work. Doesn't work that way. Our hearts must be changed. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. All you gotta do is open the door. It's a heart. It's a condition of the heart. And then it comes down. What defiles? There's a lot of things that defile a man, but what is defiling our churches? Our religious checkboxes. There's no heart. The things that come out of your heart are the things that defile. Your heart, I've heard it said, your heart is tied to your tongue. Tied to your actions as well. Religion is governed by what you know. We are not governed by what we know. We are not governed by what we know. And so my pastor always says, we're not governed by what we know. We're governed by what we love. Where your heart is, that's what's gonna show you. That's going to show you as a Christian or not a Christian. Where's your heart? And you, know, you can fool everybody. You can fool yourself, but you're not going to fool God. Your religious checkbox will just burn in the fire. Believe in Christ. You've got to give your life 
to Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way. You know, you see, uh, it's, you say he's the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and you see throughout Acts, when they're referring to the early church, the early Christians, they refer to them as those of the way. Those of the way. Not just Christians. I don't remember exactly which verse it is in Acts, but there is a point in time where it says this is the first place where they referred to them as Christians. And I apologize for not remembering that. I can always find it if anybody wants me to. But <clears throat> but in other places, they're referred to those of the way. What is the way? Christ. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He is the life. Without him, there is no life. It's just a dead religion. Well, we got about eight minutes left in the study, guys. Um, it's pretty good. Um, so true. I mean, um, Knocking at the door, he, he, he's wanting people to open their hearts. I mean, that's, the world's got to change. It's, um, it's definitely Laodicean, I mean, in our country. It's, everything that you've covered is just, describes our world and, and the condition of the hearts of people tonight. It's just, um, these things are the truth. I mean, these are the truth. That's exactly that. Um, he's knocking. Christ is knocking at the door. Now, if 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 you go into church and and and, and the message moves you, or, or if you've been listening tonight and, and, and the message, you know, it, you felt like something spoke to you. You felt like there was just something, or there's something missing, or, or, or whatever it may be. Don't ignore that. Because you don't know the next time it's going to happen. That's Christ. Knocking at the door. Don't ignore it. What do they do? I mean, what do you do if he's knocking on your heart? What can we do? If if God's knocking on your heart, and you're hearing it now, and you, and you want to do something about it, you open the door. I mean, you say, Lord, come in and, yeah. and, 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 and take me, Lord, you know, have your will done in my life, Lord, just, that's what I said, that's what I said to him when I asked him, I said, you know, yeah. hit your knees, do, yeah, just do what you will, Lord, I, you know, my way <laughs> is definitely not the way, your way is the way. Salvation, I believe, comes through conviction of sin. Because without seeing ourselves, you have you have to see yourself for who you are, and that comes through conviction of sin. And if you you're wondering about something, and, and you know a message has moved you, but you're still wondering, but you're not 
you, you're not really convicted of anything that you've ever done, pray for that conviction of sin. Lord, convict me. Lay it on my heart. Lay it on my heart. Break my heart for the things that break your heart. Lord, take everything. My life is yours. You can't come before God with a list of things that you've done. It will all burn in the fire. You have Lucent. to commit you have to commit everything. If you're coming before God and you feel moved and you feel guilty, you have to give everything to him. It is a complete self-sacrifice of yourself. Don't let anyone tell you it's a prayer. It's not a prayer. It's not something that you can say. It's a movement of your heart and your sacrifice in your life for Him. Which means you're giving up everything that is you. A willing, a willing commitment. That's not an easy one. But a self same way. Sorry to interrupt you. In the same way, he's going to take you as you are. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, don't. I used to say, I used to say, oh, well, once I fix these ten different things, then I'll maybe be in the position. There, there's you could never fix enough. <laughs> there could never be enough fixing you could do to to be. You know, he's going to take you the way you are, and that's that's beautiful thing about his grace. You know, if, if you're waiting to to to, if you're waiting to come to Christ. For that moment when you feel that your life is right, that you feel like you've done enough to be right, that you can come to Christ, you're going to spend your entire life trying to make yourself right. You'll never make yourself right. The only way to become right is through a changing the heart that only comes through him, a move of the spirit. The only way that you're ever going to be right is if you open that door and say, come in. Right. I mean, he's knocking on the door. If you're running around the house trying to pick up the dirty underwear and the socks saying, I got to get, you know what? He's, by the time you get the door open, he's going to be down the street. Amen. It's going to be too late. So and if you're one of those people, saying, I'm sorry. Say at the same time, he's saying, don't, he's saying, don't mess with that stuff. You don't need to, you don't yeah. need to mess with that stuff. Just, 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 just come to me. All he's you know, asking for is you. Don't worry about all that stuff. All yeah. he's asking for is you. He's not asking He's not asking for you to, to, to hide all your skeletons before you come. In fact, he expects you to come bearing those skeletons. Because mm -hmm. he already knows everything. So you're not hiding it. Yeah. Well, we got one minute, so we'll wrap it up. Um, hopefully you're one of those people. Hopefully God's knocking and hopefully you're hearing me. Um, make, take action. Open the door. Ask him to come in. Ask him to take over your life. You need him. You can't get through this life or into the next without him. Trust me. Um, don't know if any of y'all have got anything to add, but um, Jake, where where can they find us at? So if they make them just that decision and, and they want to contact us, or well, we've got a, a Facebook page. You can you can find us at Cross Platform uh, on Facebook. That's two words, cross-platform. Or you can reach uh, the email. It's uh, cross-platform cross with a Z on the end, and it's all one word, cross-platform with a Z on the end, at gmail.com. Uh, another place that you can reach us. So, uh, 
we're, we're open to any ideas, uh, again, any questions. If you have a, a question about scripture or something that we talked about and you're, and you're not sure where we're getting it or, or what we're saying, then, then please you can contact us and, and, and I'll try and get back to you as soon as we possibly can uh, and have that discussion. Or again, um, if, you, if, if you did make a profession of faith, we would love to hear about it. Uh, there, there's no, no greater miracle than for God to change the heart of a man, and that's just or a woman, uh, or a woman. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's definitely not just men. Um, a man or a woman. If 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 your heart's been moved and you've made a profession of faith, then then please let us know. We would love uh, to hear about it, and, and even possibly have you in our study as well. If you want to continue uh, listening to it, you're more than welcome to to join us uh, in these studies. Yeah, that, that, thank you. Yeah, Amen. But the only other thing that we can offer for advice is find a local church, find somebody local near you, go talk to them, find someone. That's uh, one thing that we always point to is there is a church, and God can lead you. Pray about it, and if uh, He's opened your heart, go go searching for others. They're they're out yeah. there. We promise. Yeah, and, and you know the advice that I would give someone if, if if you're new to the faith and you're seeking a church, uh, one, don't be too judgmental right away. Uh, remember that they are they they are, <laughs> the church family. We are still people and we make mistakes. Um, so feel it out, try and understand the people. But again, also don't be afraid to walk away from a church as well. If it's uh, if you don't think that the spirit's in it, uh, so. Well, thank you, and we hope each and every one of you tune in again next week. This has been Cross Platforms. Good night.